And welcome on in to CBS Sports Radio. It is Ryan Hickey here with you on this Tuesday. Welcome. Appreciate you making us a part of this Tuesday. Where else? But right here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, so we learned earlier today about the news that Justin Herbert's season is now officially over. He's or has gotten surgery on his finger, now out for the year. And look, at this point, right, I mean, we've had this discussion for a while, but I think this injury finally puts the final nail in the coffin of Brandon Staley's future. I think he's going to be fired at the end of the year. But now looking forward, if the Chargers screw up this head coach search again, hire Brandon Staley 2.0, whoever it may be, that is them shutting the window of Justin Herbert winning a Super Bowl in L.A. There is no chance if they screw up this next hire and get it wrong again, there is no chance Justin Herbert is winning a Super Bowl with the Chargers. Look, he's still young. He's 25. But here is why this head coaching hire is so important and why if they get it wrong, it's over in terms of hoping that Herbert brings you a ring with the Chargers. Let's just go down the path here if the Chargers swing and miss on their next head coach. Most likely, he will be fired, whoever it may be, after about three years, right? That's what Brandon Staley got. The Spanos family, they are usually slow on the trigger. So they're not going to, it's not going to be Nathaniel Hack with the Broncos or Frank Reich with the um, the Panthers where it's one and done in, in Reich's case, what, 11 games and done. It's not going to be that fast. So they swing and miss on a head coach. Bare minimum, it's going to be three years before they go back into the head coach hopper, if you will, to try to find the right fit for Herbert. Well, by that point, three years from now, we're talking about Herbert approaching age 30 in the meat of that contract extension, which means it's tough to then add players to a roster when a quarterback is making so much money, as we're seeing right now with the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. They got no receivers in part because Mahomes' contract is massive. So you're going to be right in the meat of Herbert's contract extension for a quarterback that's nearing 30 with a roster, by the way, that's aging in the wrong way. They got some big-time players that are approaching the wrong side of 30. So you're going to have to turn that roster over probably again by the time you have to hire a new head coach. By that point, Herbert now approaching age 30 into the meat of his contract, needing to fill a lot of holes. I don't see how even three or four years from now, if you have to restart again, how you are going to think and expect that Justin Herbert of the Chargers are going to be Super Bowl contenders, at least in L.A. again. I don't see it. That is why... This head coaching hire is massive for the Chargers. I think one of the biggest ones we've seen in recent NFL history. It's rare that you get a a top quarterback entering the prime of his career, having that job open up. You never really see it, right? The Chiefs job of Patrick Mahomes didn't just open up. Anytime you have a great quarterback, for the most part, that head coach is locked in there. So now you have... A quarterback in Justin Herbert, who is 25 years old, about to really enter the prime of his career. There's going to be a lot of attractive names and a lot of big-time names going after that job and trying to become the next Chargers head coach. So you're going to get, I think, a lot of talent if you're L.A. You're going to get a lot of big-time names because you are, I think, the most attractive job of any that's going to open up. More than the Bills. More than commanders, et cetera, that is going to be primo, number one in terms of any head coach that's worth any salt in the league 
That's going to be their number one target. So you're going to get a lot of good interest. But it's not a slam dunk. And that's why this head coaching search is so important. It is a tough spot to go. Yes, you have quarterback taking care of Justin Herbert. One of the best quarterbacks in the league at age 25. Check. Boom. The toughest position in the NFL has been figured out. Okay, boom. Let's move on now to the rest of the roster. But that's the problem. While you have the most difficult position in sports to find, you have that part figured out, you have a lot of other holes you're going to have to fix. Now, you look at just this offense alone. Keenan uh, Keenan Allen, excuse me, is going to be 32 years old next year. Only on the decline of his career. Mike Williams, guys always hurt, can't stay healthy. Quinn Johnston? Oof. I don't want to say the B word, but so far through the first 14 weeks, he's looking like a bust. Austin Eckler feels all but gone with how, number one, the contract extension tension, if you will, that came about him wanting a new deal and the Chargers not giving it to him in this offseason and having him just one of the worst years of his career. Him not really bouncing back and not giving the Chargers a reason to sign him again, he feels like he's going out the door. So if you are a head coach right now, or I should say a, a coach interested in this head coach opening in L.A., you got Herbert, but you have a wide receiving core that's Old and banged up. You got no running back whatsoever. So you're going to have to really here start from scratch. Also, by the way, you're inheriting a defense with some big names on it, but no production whatsoever. It's one of the worst defenses in the league. So despite the fact you have Derwin James and Khalil Mack, you have some big-time names. Zero production. So this is an undertaking here for a head coach. It's going to be a lot of work. It's not as simple as plug-and-play, a smart offensive-minded head coach comes in all of a sudden now, the Chargers this time next year, or in the Super Bowl conversation. No, no, no. It's way, way tougher than that. This is a tough job. It's a tough job, but if you are L.A., you get the right coach, I think things can take off immediately. And that is why if I'm the Chargers, I'm looking at this head coaching search that's, I think, inevitably coming up. I'm not taking a chance. I'm not taking a chance on a first-year head coach I'm not taking a chance on a coordinator like offensive coordinator for the Lions, Ben Johnson. Big name. Going to be, you know, the top of everyone with the head coach openings list. He could be a great head coach. He could be the next Mike McDaniel. Could be the next Kyle Shannon. Could be the next Sean McVay. But he also could be a bust. Also could be the next Josh McDaniels. I have no idea. And if you're the Chargers, how important this next head coach hire is, I don't want to find out. I don't want to run the risk that he is more Josh McDaniels than Sean McVay. I am going after, from the Chargers, known commodities only. Meaning, this offseason, I'm giving a call to my crosstown rival, the Los Angeles Rams. Sean McVay, Florida with retirement. Maybe he was thinking about taking a, a TV job. Give him an offer he can't refuse. See how he lights up getting the opportunity to work with the 25-year-old franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. Call Kyle Shannon. See if you can entice him to come a little bit further south in California. Call Brian Dable. You you watched last night. Brian Dable can make magic not only with Josh Allen, great quarterbacks, but can make Daniel Jones look good, and now is making Tommy DeVito the, the, the star of the NFL right now over the last month. Brian Dable can make magic with almost any quarterback. Uh, I take him out west. If I'm the Chargers, I would love to him for him to come over here and make Herbert even better. Shane Steichen, look what he's doing with Gardner Minshew and this Colts team 
having them still in the playoffs, despite the fact that their first-round rookie, Anthony Richardson, this year started and finished just one game this season, they're still in a playoff spot. And having production from a backup quarterback in Gardner Mitchell, I'm giving him a call. I am going for known commodities. I am not taking any chance of swinging and missing here. I need names that I know can produce. And if those four head coaches and or those four teams, no matter what you do, offer picks, offer players, I'm going all in if I'm the Chargers and calling the 49ers, Rams, Giants, Colts. What can I do to get your head coach? What will it take in terms of picks and players to pry your guy and have him come over to my team? If you get rebuffed, Rams say, no way in hell, there's no offer we would take. 49ers say the same thing. Giants slam the phone on you. Colts don't even pick it up. You call Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, who's a proven winner everywhere he goes, who's an offensive mind, who knows how to work with quarterbacks, who wants power, but with that power does great things in terms of winning, I'm giving him, a, uh, giving him a call, and I'm giving him an offer he can't refuse. I think Harbaugh is desperate to go back to the NFL. That's a job he would absolutely run to. He would run to it. And he's crazy enough. Where I think he literally would run from Ann Arbor, Michigan to L.A. to take that job and work at Justin Herbert. So if you're the Chargers, those are the five names. That's it. I'm going known commodity. I'm going elite mind, and I'm doing whatever it takes to make sure this head coach hire is a hit. Because a miss, I think, is detrimental to this team and detrimental to their future in terms of winning a Super Bowl with Justin Herbert. You only delay right now, and you swing and miss on this next head coach. You delay his growth. You delay any sort of chance of of competing for a Super Bowl. You kick now or take at least three more years off of his peak, off of his prime, wasted away with another bad core uh, head coach you took a chance on. The, The time, like... With Brandon Staley and even a little bit with Anthony Lynn, wasting time for the Chargers with Herbert, it's done. You've wasted four years now. He's produced no matter what, and you have one playoff appearance to show for it. Zero playoff wins. What are we doing? The the, the time for patience, the time to look around and say, oh, could this work? Maybe this could be the guy. The waiting is over. You have to capitalize now. The desperation level for the Chargers has to be through the roof. Through the roof. And that's why I'm going big game hunting. You're going to get, if you're the Chargers, a lot of interest. I think, again, that's going to be the most attractive job. I think coaches would rather work and coach Justin Herbert more than Josh Allen with Josh Allen's reckless style of play and maybe his limited prime just with how much he gets banged around. Not to mention he was taken in, what, 2018? Herbert was taken in 2020, so you get a little bit of a younger feel with Herbert compared to Allen. So there's not a job unless Andy Reid shockingly retires. Zach Taylor decides, I don't I want to be a minister. I'm going to leave for the church. There is not a job. John Harbaugh decides, you know what? I hate football. Or you know what? Jim Harbaugh is going to the Chargers. I'm going to take the Michigan job, and I'm going to keep the Harbaugh name in Ann Arbor. Unless one of those three coaches leave, Shockingly, there is no head coach opening more attractive than the inevitable one that we're going to see the Chargers here open up in a few weeks. And I think no team, even in the last few years, if you want to even go back, forget about this coaching cycle. Go back the last five, ten years. No team has more pressure to get it right because of what they have at quarterback and how much time they wasted already with Justin Herbert this year being, again, the latest example 
of a team under 500 with one of the best quarterbacks in the league on your roster. What are we doing? The time for playing games, the time for playing it safe, if your LA is over. If you want to win a Super Bowl with Justin Herbert on your team in LA with the Chargers, the time to get serious is right now. And that starts with hiring a legit offensive-minded head coach. And that starts with calling the Rams, calling the 49ers, calling the Giants, calling the Colts, getting their head coach on your team. If they say no, you call Jim Harbaugh and say, Jim, welcome back to the NFL. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. We're on social media at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. I'm curious your thoughts. I think for me, it's obvious. If the Chargers job does open up, barring again, an unexpected retirement from Andy Reid or an unexpected come-to-Jesus moment, if you will, for Zach Taylor, I don't think there is a more attractive job right now than the Chargers. Is there another job you look at right now that you say, you know what? This job, if you're a primetime head coach, is better right now than the one in L.A. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Again, on social media, at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. We'll get your thoughts and also when we return. Last night, we saw a lot. We saw a lot from the Monday night. Not doubleheader because they both played the same time, but you get my point. With two games on Monday Night Football. And Mike Vrabel showed one thing more than any other coach in the league. I'll tell you what that is when we do return. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's Hick at Night with Ryan Hickey. He's tough as they come, but we're going to make sure that whatever it is, we're going to do what's best for Justin long term. That is the voice of Brandon Staley, Chargers head coach, talking about Justin Herbert from Sunday. Now, obviously, what we know is what's best long term for Justin Herbert is surgery on his finger that he got today ending his 2023 season, but I also think ending right now Brandon Staley's run in L.A., and that's going to mean the Chargers are going to be back on the head coaching search front this offseason. And this is, I think, one of like this is one of the biggest hires the Chargers, I think, will ever make, but this is also one of the biggest hires I think we've seen in recent NFL history because we haven't seen a quarterback of Justin Herbert's stature have that head coach opening come open. Right? Like, Patrick Mahomes has had the same head coach and Andy Reid. Joe Burrows had the same head coach and Zach Taylor. Like, any young up-and-coming quarterback, I, sure, Trevor Lawrence, we could say, had a head coach opening, but his stock after year number one was in the toilet. Urban Meyer just destroyed that. So it wasn't like Trevor established himself as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Jalen Hurts, no one really knew what he was when Nick Sirianni, uh, when Nick Sirianni got the job. So you rarely see a great quarterback in the league have their team's head coach opening all of a sudden now be on the market. I think it's more important than ever if you're the Chargers to hit a home run here because if they don't, if they swing and miss again, hire Brandon Staley 2.0, whoever that may be. I think they are closing the window, closing the Super Bowl window for Justin Herbert in L.A. So I'm curious your thoughts here at 855-212-4227. Is L.A. right now, the Chargers, that is, the most attractive head coach opening you could see this offseason? And is it is this hire as important as I'm hyping it up to be, if you will? I think so. How about yourself? 855-212-4227. Mark is calling from Nebraska. What up, Mark? 
How's it going today? Good, man. Good. What's on your mind? Hey, I was just wondering, is your take on every coach opening that's going to happen this year, is that trade your number one pick and go call the Rams or call the Niners? Because you said the exact same thing about the Bears. That's right. So is take on every coach opening? No. I think these two are different and these two are specific. For the Chargers, again, you have an established quarterback in Justin Herbert where they have wasted his first four years in not putting a good enough team around him, also not having a good enough coaching staff around him. If you're the Bears, the Bears have had an entire franchise worth, over 100 years of futility on offense. They are going to have the number one pick in the draft, which means they are going to all but likely get Caleb Williams. And so I look at that if you're the Bears and saying, Caleb Williams is not a savior if you have Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze coaching your team. You need the Bears and the Chargers, I think, are two specific examples that, to me, are different than the rest of the NFL because of, in terms of the Bears' history, and in terms of the Chargers, them already swinging and missing on two head coaches in Anthony Lynn and Brandon Staley, and we're seeing Herbert. I mean, he's doing his end of the bargain, right, Mark? It's not his fault for the most part, I would say, in terms of why the Chargers in four years have made the playoffs one time and gotten zero playoff wins. That's why I think for the Chargers and for the Bears specifically, those are the two where I say you got to do whatever it takes. Well, I would say the Chargers, they screw everything up anyways. I mean, they let Marty Schottenheimer go 14-2 and two and fire the guy. To I your mean, point too, Mark, wouldn't I mean, you? It's an organizational thing. Exactly, which is my point of just like you can't screw around. Ben Johnson, let's just say, because he's a hot name, right, for the for the court offensive coordinator that is going to get a lot of head coaching looks this offseason. To your point, and that's, again, why I think the Chargers are different, uh, them and the Bears are different compared to every other opening that we're going to see, because you're right, the Chargers have, and thank you for the call, Mark, the Chargers have screwed a, th- a lot of things up. Dean Spanos, the Spanos family, they have not been good owners in the NFL. They've not made a lot of good decisions, especially when it comes to head coach. So... If, again, if I'm the charge and you look at trying to get someone that knows what the hell they're doing, McVay, Shanahan, Dayball, Sykin, or again, if you can't get any of those four guys, you go give Jim Harbaugh a call. Those five guys specifically know what the hell they're doing. And to me, they feel organizational proof. They feel owner proof, meaning if those guys are in charge, I think the owner would take a backseat. Kind of in a way similar to Mark Davis. Like, Mark Davis is not like his dad in the sense that Mark, I think, wants to hire someone he trusts, then give the entire organization to him. That's what he did with John Gruden, and that's what he did with Josh McDaniels. Like, Mark just wants to hire someone and then have them take care of it. I think if you are the Chargers, you hire, let's just say, or able to get McVay, or let's just say you, you do hire Jim Harbaugh. Those are guys that you could bring in, and while their head coach is yes, they could really run the entire football operation. They could be maybe not your GM, but they could have a large say in decision-making when it comes to draft picks and free agents and making trades. Like, you can have them do a lot more than just call the plays and run the football team or run run the team as the head coach. The Chargers, and you, Mark, you're 100% right. That's why I think this is such an important hire. They have been a poorly owned franchise. And they themselves have gotten in the way more times than not, which is why this is such an important hire. Larry's call from uh, Naples. What's up, Larry? Hey, how are you, buddy? You know, Ryan, sometimes I forget how young you are. Um, no, it's not that big of a Th- hire. Thanks. But I hope. you know, Spanos, Spanos, 
Thanos will screw it up because they're not going to spend money. They're paying this guy $1.4 million. They're not going to pay a head coach $10 million. So forget about that. Thanos family will never spend the money. Then you know what, Larry? Then we're going to be talking about the same coach. thing. We're talking about the same thing. Then you're right. going to go cheap. And guess right. what? When you go so cheap, you get one. a bad coach. No, number two, number two, they can't get Harbaugh because Telasco is a great general manager. He's got a great relationship with the Spanos. He does bring in great players. The Chargers always have a great roster. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to give up power to Harbaugh. And Harbaugh is going to want $12 million and he's going to want complete power. So you're not going to get a guy like Harbaugh. So they can't pay a name to head coach because the Spanos won't pay it. And they can't get a big name to run the organization because a big-name guy like Harbaugh is going to want complete power. So they'll go out and get a coordinator from, like you mentioned, Johnson from the Lions. That's who the Chargers will continue to hire. And as far as a historical hire, no. I remember when Paul Brown left and Blanton Collier came in. I'm old. I remember when George Allen left. And the Redskins got. I remember when Vince Lombardi had to be replaced. Larry, I, I, I said recent history here. We're, let's keep within the last you 10, know? 15 years. I don't go as far back as well, you. You are an encyclopedia of football. I do appreciate the call, Larry. So we're not going to, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's the biggest hire since 1930. But, Larry, you bring up points as to why this, like, if you are the Chargers, you have to stop getting in your own way. Tom Telesco, as general manager, has gotten in good players. But how come, though, every single year we talk about how great of a roster the Chargers have, and then all, every year they fall short? Is it just coaching? Is it just the fact they've not gotten a good enough coach? I don't know about that. They've also gotten riddled with injuries. A ton of injuries. And so what good is it of having good to great players on your team if they're available in half the games? And so if it takes firing Tom Telesco to bring in Jim Harbaugh, if you're the, the Spanos family, again, I don't see why you wouldn't do that. This screams like it's time to zig. They have been zagging now for years, running their operation the same way. If you continue down the zag path, like kind of Larry just highlighted, where you go hire an offensive coordinator, you insert the name, most likely they're going to fail. And we're going to be sitting here talking in the next three years about the same conversation. Justin Herberts, he's 30 years old. He's got one playoff win to his name. Big extension. What's going on? They can't figure it out. Why can't it get the head coach right? It's This is now the time where you break away from the mold. When you zig away from how you've been zagging. This is the year. This is the opportunity. And that is why this is such a massive hire for the Chargers. And really for the future of the NFL the next 5 to 10 years. If the Chargers get it right. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be down for long. But right now, their problems with receiver are real and are not going anywhere anytime soon. Joe Burrow's been banged up. The Dolphins can't win a big game. The Bills have their own problems. The AFC, the way we looked at the conference back in July and August, is nowhere near the AFC that is right now through week 14. This is an open conference. So if you are the Chargers and you play it right, you could be, you could be legitimately in the Super Bowl conversation this time next year. It is that simple. It can be that quick. But it's dependent upon you getting the right hire for that to happen, which means breaking away from what you've been doing in the past. Frank is calling from Rochester. Hello, Frank. Hello. What's going on? I'm just 
Uh, I was thinking of uh, Bill Belichick. He might disagree with that, but I heard he might be leaving the Patriots. Yep. And I wanted to ask you about that Joe Flacco. Boy, that that's a pretty good uh, comeback, right? Yes, Joe Flacco has been looking good with the Browns. Are you saying Bill Belichick to the Chargers? Yeah, I heard that he may be leaving the Patriots at the end of the season, but that's all I heard. Uh, well, yes, I do think that. Thank you for the call, Frank. I think that is going to happen. I don't think he'll be coaching in New England next year. And if you're the, the Chargers, you absolutely do not give him a call. No way. That's That falls into the risk category. Is Bill Belichick still a good head coach? I don't know. He's not been a good head coach since Tom Brady left. Has he had a quarterback? No. Has he done a good job at developing a quarterback? Absolutely not. Or getting that quarterback weapons? Absolutely not. So you've swung and missed on Anthony Lynn. You've swung and missed on Brandon Staley. I am not, and probably, presumably, you would have to give up uh, a draft pick, maybe a number one pick, to get Bill Belichick. I am not giving up a first-round pick to bring Bill Belichick to town when I am not sure if he's still a good coach. I don't want to be the, the guinea pig, if you will, to find out if he could still coach. I'd rather have some other team figure it out. Have him go to Carolina. Go to D.C. with the commanders and figure it out. I would rather have them find out if he's good or not than have him come here to L.A. and what is a make or break hire here for Justin Herbert and find out, oh, yeah, that bill we saw the last two or three years in, uh, in New England, yeah, that's the same bill you're getting now, even with a better quarterback. I don't want to find that out if I'm L.A. That is not a risk I'm willing to take. David's calling from Dallas. What's up, Dave? Hey, Ryan. Uh, a couple of things. To echo what the guy was saying earlier about the Chargers, the ownership's cheap. I think that they will mess it up unless they somehow luck out. You know, maybe they go hire somebody like Steve Wilkes that's cheap but turns out to be really effective. I think it'll literally be, you know, kind of be a, a Mr. Magoo thing where they'll slip up. But you were talking about the the coaching jobs have been open. I can't believe for a man that hosts a coach podcast, you didn't think of the, the coats with Andrew Luck, what was that, after year three, and Peyton Manning after what, year three. Both of those situations are as good as the Herbert one. Well, Manning, I mean, that was after they won the Super Bowl with, with uh, when Tony Dungy retired, it was Jim Caldwell. I mean, Manning's a little bit older. I get it. Um, fine, we can no, talk I, about I was that. I talking about when they got Tony. Um, fair. I mean, I feel like there's still... Okay, I mean, it's debatable, um, without a doubt. Um, you know, is the Colts head coach opening when when Luck was there? I appreciate the call, Dave. When man, like it's in that realm. Let's just put it that way. we we can that could be semantics, but it's absolutely in that same realm. When Luck, when they hired Tony Dungy, when they hired um, Chuck Pagano, and now um, going forward here as well, it's it's in absolutely in that category. Well, uh, without a doubt, for sure. That's what like that's why it's so important here. That's why it's so important if you're the Chargers not to screw this up. The Colts got it right with Tony Dungy. Won a Super Bowl. If you're the Chargers, you got to hit a home run. And that's why I don't, if I'm the, if I'm truly the organization here, what's going, what's best for me, I am not taking a chance. I'm getting a known commodity trying to trade players, picks, whatever it takes to get an established coach in here because going down the coordinator route, going down the retread head coach route, has not worked for this team, and the organization has gotten in the way more times than not. They have wasted, they have let down Justin Herbert so far through the first four years of his career way more than they should. And now you got a top quarterback entering the prime of his career. You can't screw this up again. Because if you do, I don't see them ever getting out of it and getting themselves to a point where they can win a Super Bowl if 
this next head coach, I think it inevitably is going to be hired this offseason when once Brandon Staley is fired. I don't see it ever, um, if this one does swing and miss, how you're going to get back on that track with Herbert entering age 30 in a few years from now and entering the meat of that massive contract extension that's going to eat up the salary cap, how you're going to be able to put good players around it with an aging roster right now that's going the wrong way. You are absolutely right now in a spot where this is a critical, critical hire for the Chargers. Easily the best opening I foresee happening this cycle. I think one of the biggest and best ones we've seen in recent years. So the Chargers have all the pressure on them right now to get it right. If they do, this is, I think, absolutely a Super Bowl contender this time next year. If they get it wrong and it's Brandon Staley 2.0, another three years wasted, say goodbye to the thought and the hope of Herbert winning a Super Bowl with the Chargers. All right, when we do return here, let's give you a little two-for-one when we do return. Not one, but two head coaches, I think, really made impressive statements on Monday night. I'll tell you who they are and why when we do return. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's Hick at Night with Ryan Hickey. Nice rejoin here by Nick Theodoro doing a tremendous job producing right here on this Tuesday. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. I'll be honest, not just because this song is on, but this has been, I'm in a better mood today. This has been a, a better day than the last, really, 48 hours I have had. Because It's here. been rough, not just because of you. I love you, Nick. Great song choice. You were actually probably the, if anything, if my mood went sour, it would be because of you. Well, when I texted you this morning saying that I'm with you the next two days. Yeah, I almost got magically sick. Is that all I got to call out? <laughs> Nick's here. I, no good. I'll see you Thursday. So it's going to be a long two days. I could have filled in for you. But you ready for this? You want to hear how hellish these last two days have been for your boy? Yeah, let me hear. Number one, Colts sure. lost. Big game Aww. against the Bengals, and they got smoked. So all of a sudden, my Sunday was off to a bad start. Then, in one fantasy football league I'm in, I know no one cares, but this is, hopefully you care about this. We have a punishment to where if your player scores zero points, you have to chug a Smirnoff ice on camera. And it's so happened that all year long, I've avoided this punishment. Every player I have had has at least scored a point and has not had negative points. Well, of course, last Sunday, Tank Dell unfortunately breaks his leg. Hope you're doing okay, Tank. Got me zero points. Terry McLaurin, I mean, I don't know what Sam Howell was doing, but just a totally ignored Terry McLaurin. He got a zero spot. And then we had a different bet that I also lost. So now all of a sudden, I had to chug three Smirnoff Ices basically in a row on Sunday. Sunday night. My stomach was in shambles. That was a terrible experience. Then on Monday, the bad day just bled over. I was in the supermarket. Getting some milk. My hands were filled. I had a big bag. I had eggs in there. So I was trying to keep the one bag in my left hand balanced, not break the eggs, not get them off, you know, have them spill out of the carton. In my right hand, I had a gallon of milk and also like a little hand cart from Target that I was trying to return. Some people leave them at the self-checkout. I feel like I'm, you know, try to be nice. Hey, you know what? I'll put it back. Put it back where I found it. As I'm walking back to drop the handheld cart off, I try to switch the milk in my other hand, drop the milk everywhere. Milk explodes on the floor right in the middle of the store. And you, I start panicking. You kind of made it worse. You should have just left it the way it was and not put it back because now someone has to go and clean that up. You know what they say? You know how they say good guys finish last? I now know that. Yeah. Now and, know what that means. And also no good deed goes unturned. That's 100% you, true. You did that and then you made an even bigger mess. If I was just a bad guy left the hand cart at the checkout like most people do, I would have been fine. Milk wouldn't have been spilled. And then I'm panicking because I'm like, oh, my God. There's a lot of people around me. I just spilled milk like... It's flowing everywhere. So I'm trying to get people out of the way. 
but also like just embarrassed. So I had AirPods in. I'm trying to rip them off so I could like talk to people and hear what they're saying. I guess in the process of me frantically trying to get everyone out of the way for the milk spillage, I dropped an AirPod, didn't realize it, lost it. Oh my god. So I have, have having worked at a self checkout personally, like uh you're the you're the type of customer I hate. That absolutely makes my life miserable. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I make your life easier. I I check I bring my own bag. Yeah, but then you I check out myself. I take the hand cart, I put it back. Yeah. And that other part, checking out yourself, you're taking away jobs from uh hard working people. There was like three or four employees guiding people there to go to which checkout to go. <laughs> Yeah, but still, you're taking away people's jobs by going to self-checkout. I mean, this is so my. You know, my days now gotten worse. I was trying to be a good guy, so you know, fine. I'm gonna go to the super slow registers. No offense, but I had to then wait online for the for the lost and found later to see if they found an AirPod that was not there. Shockingly, so I waited a while. It took a long time. I like my self-checkout, especially because I don't get a lot of stuff. I get two or three things, and I'm out of there. Are you good at using the self-checkout, yes. or are you the type of person that thinks they're good but then makes a ton of mistakes? How are you bad at it? Because there's a lot of people that think they know what they're doing. They go to the self-checkout, and then... You they, scan, they, and you pay. Yeah, but then you get, like, it, it, it'll it come up, like, as an error. Then the guy has to come over, scan his card, and that whole thing. Does Outside that of a once-in-a-while, like, once-in-a-blue-moon double scan of something, you know, double scan of the milk, double so, scan of the bread, when I'm only getting one and actually scans for two, other than that, once-in-a-blue-moon that happens. No, I'm in and out. I know what so I'm, you're not I'm competent. Bother, you're not a bother at all to no. anyone that will be working there. And the milk you're spillage happened to be a, a one-off. <laughs> yeah, so you're completely self-sufficient whenever you uh, do use a self-checkout. That's right. And not only self-sufficient, I try to be a good guy, make everyone's life easier, clean up after myself. And in doing so, made a bigger mess and now cost myself one AirPod, which basically cost myself two AirPods. Because I'm not going to walk around with one AirPod. Number one, I think it's a douchey look. Number two, it drives me, I feel off balance, off center. So so, so let me ask you, Ryan. What'd nice you guys learn? finished what, last. Yeah, what, uh, there you go. I was going to say, what did you learn from this? So <laughs> to be a, a, a worse guy, to be honest, to leave a mess, not clean it up and just go about my business like no one else is around. Like every other American. Just keep keep it moving. That's right. That And they have had no problems. They have not spilled milk, I'm sure. And the good guys do. So that is the lesson I have learned. And that has been why well, the last two days have been pretty rough for you, boy. And so far, hey, no milk spill today. So we are on a, a no AirPods lost today. So, so far, this Tuesday is better and that's also because I'm with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. It is Ryan Hickey. Okay, two, I think, head coaches that absolutely shined and proved different lessons we saw on Monday night. Number one, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel right now in an offensive-driven NFL is the only defensive-minded head coach I would hire to be on my team. Because I think now in the NFL, with so much emphasis, with all the rules geared towards the offense, you are at a disadvantage if you're being coached by a defensive-minded head coach. Just look at the standings this year alone. 14 teams right now obviously hold playoff spots. 10 of the 14 are coached by offensive-minded head coaches. It makes more sense. You have a better chance to win and hit on a head coach if you go the offensive-minded route. I am, though, making one exception and one exception only. It's for Mike Vrabel. Because this is a guy, despite being defensive-minded, has an offensive savviness to him. Look at how that game ended last night. Titans down by th- uh, 14 points, three minutes to go. How do they win that game in regulation? Obviously by scoring two touchdowns, but down by eight, right? They scored the first touchdown. Instead of going 
for the extra point, which a lot of coaches, even offensive-minded coaches do, you had Vrabel with the savviness, with the awareness to say, you know what, if we go for two here, we could get it, and then all of a sudden an extra point wins the game. But also, if we go for two down eight and we don't get it, we still have a chance to go down the field, tie the game with a, you know, with a touchdown, two-point conversion. We're, we're not out of it if we don't get it. Obviously, they get the two-point conversion. Now, all of a sudden, next you know, a, a touchdown, an extra point instead of tying the game going to overtime wins the game. That's exactly what happened. That is offensive savviness that you don't see a lot around the league, but especially from a defensive-minded coach. That's a way to cut a corner in order to win a game your team shouldn't win. And part of the reason why the Titans won that game was because of that move alone. Like, if this game goes to overtime, I would probably say the Dolphins win, but the likelihood for the Titans winning is nowhere near as high as it was if they decided just to play it safe and kick two extra points instead of going for two early on, or late in the game, I should say, down by eight to make it a six-point game instead of a seven-point game. That is a tremendous head coaching job. But again, what is now you're seeing the trend, offensive minds work. Because if you're a defensive mindset coach, not only are you more risk-averse, I think, when it comes to pushing it, but it's also if you hire a great offensive coordinator, well, in a year or two, they're going to be hired away, and then you got to do it again, and do it again, and do it again. You hire an offensive minded head coach, obviously they're there. Nothing to worry about. Vrabel's the exception. I trust him and rather have him on my team than Pete Carroll, Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, Robert Sala. You name it. Any of those defensive-minded head coaches. Vrabel's the only one right now where I would say, you know what, bring him on my team. I want him. And speaking of offensive-minded head coaches being important, how about the other game? Look how important... A good offensive-minded head coach can really change the trajectory of your team. Look what the Giants did last night. Look, Tommy DeVito is, is a fun story. But realistically, is the Giants' recent success more about DeVito or more about their head coach and Brian Dable? I'd argue it's Dable. Game planning, putting him in a position to succeed, development, that to me is all on Dable. It's not just that DeVito now all of a sudden is this great quarterback that no one ever knew about. It's Dayball putting him in a position to succeed. And you look at last night, I mean, if I told you there's one quarterback who's, who's a first-round pick, the other was like a fifth-round pick, you'd have guessed DeVito was the first-round pick quarterback. He was good. He was calm, making good plays with his arm and with his legs, driving down the field with the game on the line like it was nothing. But I think a lot of that has to do with easy throws set up by Dayball, putting him in a position to succeed, and you see Brian Dayball now. Like, look at the recent track record of Brian Dayball. When he was in Buffalo with Josh Allen, the two best years Allen had, 2019-2020, or I should say, excuse me, 2020-2021, under Dayball's leadership. He leaves, all of a sudden now Josh Allen has had more turnovers and has regressed a little bit. You look at now him going to the Giants last year, he got Daniel Jones, forget about just like believed in, he got him Paid! Paid! Jones robbed the Giants. He should be thanking Dayball every day for the rest of his life that the Giants foolishly agreed to give him a four-year, $160 million deal. That was because Dayball comes in and takes Daniel Jones to the playoffs. Then this year, Jones stinks. Tyra Taylor gets hurt. Insert Tommy DeVito. 
And all of a sudden now, with a third-string quarterback, the Giants' playoff hopes are alive. They're not realistic. They're going all the way, Ryan. They're going all the way. As Nick is in his New York Giants sweatshirt, no shock there. But they are, they're five and eight. That, to me, again, is a testament. Just the fact that you could sit here right now and mathematically dream of this team making a run going to the playoffs, that, to me, is in large part because of Dable. And that shows, like, when you have a great offensive-minded head coach, you can overcome bad quarterback play, like you have with Tommy DeVito. If you have a great quarterback, but a bad head coach, like uh, the Chargers, like the Bills, you can't overcome that. And that's why right now those two great quarterbacks and Allen and Herbert are outside the playoff picture looking in. Speaking of those games last night, I think the Dolphins' loss was actually a good thing. I'll tell you why. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here, or else. But CBS Sports Radio.